welcome to Gutsy Matters Podcast, brought to you by storednaturally.com. I'm Wendy Allen. And I'm Helen Reynolds. Gutsy Matters Podcast is for independent thinkers who aren't afraid to stand out from the crowd. Our conversations are with people who, like us, are willing to create something they believe in, something that helps us all to live more sustainably, more consciously, and with greater connection. We're delighted you're joining us to discover, uncover, and create opportunities and perspectives about health, wealth, and sustainable living. Today's conversation is about a revolutionary new butter, a butter made from plants, a butter that is equally as useful, delicious, and functional for spreading, toasting, and baking as butter made from cream. The team making these gutsy moves in the food industry are Matt Weller and his beautiful wife, Ashley Jubinville, and their butter business is called Phyto Kitchen. Today we're talking with Matt to find out what happened that got Phyto Plant Butter started, what makes Phyto Plant Butter so different, and how much butter they're actually going to make. So welcome, Matt. Thank you, ladies, and it's so wonderful to be on the, on the, the Gutsy Matters podcast. So I'm really excited to be sharing this, this with you guys. Thanks. Well, we're delighted to have you. I'm pretty damn excited about your product. So you and Ashley are on a journey to make food healthier, tastier and more gentle on the earth. Is this part of the story of how Phyto Kitchen got started? Yeah, so I like to think of it in terms of, I guess, the last uh, nearly 38 years of my life has sort of led to this point uh, with the, with Phyto Butter. And um, it all started back, I was a, you know, raised in the country, a country boy, working on a farm, growing grains and cattle and and uh, really just being in touch with the earth and, you know, away from the hustle bustle of, of the urban life. And this sort of led through, led through into my interest of geography and biology at school and onwards to studying at university in environmental management, becoming a sustainability consultant. But ultimately, it really comes down from the journey that we've both had, Ashley and myself. I've known Ashley for 12 years. We've been together for 12 years. And sort of this merging of my interest and, and I guess, insights into environmental sustainability as well as the Ashley's perspective from the food sustainability, they sort of merged together to really sort of lead us down this wonderful path. And I'm happy to go a little bit deeper, but I'm not sure how deep you want me to go. So, uh, Yes, tell us all the juicy bits. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. So, yeah, so essentially, you know, once I was out into what I would call the corporate world as a, as a sustainability consultant, I started sort of looking at all the things I was encouraging businesses to do in terms of you know, making better decisions about their, the projects they were working on, the buildings that they were building. And I'm like, I'm telling all these people to do things more sustainably. What can I do in my life? And it, it sort of caused, uh, forced me to do this sort of self-research, self-look at what I'm doing, you know, how I got around in terms of transport, the food I ate and all those sorts of things. And one of the things that really stood out to me is that there was this real issue with our global food system. You know, it was completely broken in many ways where we've got, you know, essentially not... Uh, we haven't got food shortages, we've got food distribution issues. So we've got bulk amounts of food in different countries and some that have scarce. And so we're just not able to move it around effectively. And that, that uh, sort of made me think about what I was doing, what I was putting in my mouth as a big thing. This is pre um, myself meeting Ashley. And so it sort of triggered a few things for me. It's like, so I started making decisions in my life to, to be eating foods that were far less impactful on the earth. Um, and of course, were sourced as local as possible. 
so yeah, I guess that's it, it's sort of this journey continued on, and I did about oh, it would have been nearly eight years as a, as a as a professional in the consulting world, and I realised that that space was I was running to an end on that. That wasn't my space where I wanted to be, and um, at the, around the same time I met Ashley, and she was somewhat of a catalyst for um, us to, I guess, make some changes in our life. So we both left our respective jobs and just went on this bit of a journey of what I like to see is say is a bit of a, a sort of a seed to plate sort of journey where we actually became organic farmers and we, we worked on organic farms for several years where both as workers and managing it and then through working in low impact hospitality businesses uh, also managing myself managing an organic um, sourdough bakery business here on the Sunshine Coast in, in Australia and and now onwards on to you know what we now have is our, our our other business which is a food education business called the Kitchen Coach. So all of these things have sort of simmered down together to really I guess make the beginnings of what Phyto is all about. Um, so all of these experiences of sustainability, um, our food food system, as well as Ashley's experience in in I guess really understanding how. Uh, we interact with food both as individuals and as families and as as society so yeah so it's, it's really that's a big part of, of FITO and we're really excited to have to launch FITO out to the world in the last couple of months. Wow so how did you get into butter what made you go there and and how did you start to actually you know develop the concept of what goes in the butter being plant-based and did it take a long time, a short time? Did you come up with the recipe really quickly? How did that all evolve? Yeah, so uh, with with our with our food education business, you know, Ashley was working very closely with families, and one of the major things that was coming back was my kid is dairy intolerant, or I'm wanting to cut out um, dairy foods out of my diet, or uh, is there a better option for butter or margarine? All of these sorts of questions were coming to us, and so. Ashley has this this ability. Ashley's background is actually actually an engineer. She's a she likes to think of herself as a problem solver. So she, when she's presented with a problem, she's like, well, okay, there's there's two options here. I, I hope someone else discovers a solution to it, or I work at it. And so this became a common question. You know, you know, I want to cut out butter. What do I replace it with? And the alternative on the on the marketplace is is margarine, uh, and that's a much lower quality alternative to to dairy butter. So Ashley sort of set herself a task. She said, I think I can do this. I think I can make a dairy-free whole food butter alternative. And I think I remember her testing it. It was just over 12 months ago. Okay, I'm going to try this. And she had, had an idea of what it would look like. And I think it was about 20 times, 20 sort of iterations of her going through this process before she stumbled on everything working together in harmony. So all of the ingredients sort of, Sort of coalescing into this beautiful butter-like product um, made from completely whole foods and, of course, plant-based. Um, I was fortunate enough to get to taste it all the way along, so I was able to see it evolve. And um, and of course, I it didn't add to my waistline, fortunately, because you know I was we were using it very sparingly. But it was it's just it's just a really cool process to watch Ashley go from a problem that was presented from someone else saying, "How can I resolve this issue?" to her going, "Well." I'm going to I'm going to see if I can solve that problem on your behalf. The product is incredible. I I think I said to you when when we got to try it that I never ever ever in my wildest dreams thought that I would be so excited about butter. 
but it for the listeners, you know, you open the tub of the phyto plant butter and it looks fairly similar to cow's milk or cow's cream butter. It spreads just like dairy butter. It uh, it doesn't taste the same, of course, but you know, it has a similar exper- eating experience to um, you know our memories of when we used to eat butter. And yep. it, it's a really enjoyable product that you feel totally safe, totally clean, totally confident eating. It's a wonderful creation. Thank you. Yeah, and 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 we're we're just you know we're really glad that it's. It was something, I guess, because what, what tends to happen now and I guess in, in, in the food world is someone goes, I have a problem, so I want to remove a certain ingredient or, or um, I guess, I guess get, a, get a, a consistency like something else. So a great example is the, the Beyond Burgers or the uh, Impossible Burgers of the world where they've gone, we want to create a burger-like product, a beef burger-like product, but we don't want to use beef, we want to use plant products. So a lot of the times the problems are solved through, I guess, what you classify as really food laboratory technology. Mm-hmm. So rather than going, okay, what ingredients exist in, in nature that we can all put together to make something that's pretty close to the mark, um, taste-wise and, and so on, they, they sort of, it tends to be more of a food science perspective where they're creating, you know, food-like ingredients that uh, simply no one knows if they're good or bad for us. and in some ways, I think they're possibly taking away one problem and replacing it with another, and we just won't know that. So it's really great that we've been able to find a whole food solution to this that sort of ticks all those boxes without having to go down the path of creating you know, a chemical, essentially, to, to, to um, replace it. Yeah, I think that's a really good um, differentiation. And, you know, essentially that chemical-type plant butter alternative is already on the market. Absolutely, yeah, and and that's yeah that's that's one of the things that we we wanted to avoid. We didn't want to create another margarine, <laughs> yeah. And some of those alternatives to, you know, dairy cream based butter, are really bland, aren't pleasant really at all. I mean, I think they're just an alternative, so you can spread something on your toast. But you know, if you're spreading something on your toast that really isn't very tasteful, yeah, what's the point really? Whereas your product is 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 really a really great product and um, yeah certainly tasty as well so it's it's a fantastic idea and for those people who are wanting to you know maintain a plant based diet or particularly those two that as you say that Ashley found with a lot of children that are having allergies to milk products and dairy products it's um, a great alternative definitely yeah and and I guess in terms of I guess being able to sort of sit it side by side with the butters and margarines of the world, I guess we see it as sitting in a, in a new space in the fat and oil spread sector. That's the way we put the fat and oil spread, the easy way to put the two together. And it's because butter and margarine have literally been the same for the last 150 years. So nothing nothing has changed. There's no innovation and so on. So this has allowed us to, I guess, really stand apart from butter. Because you know, butter does bring a bit of baggage with it. It's, you know, it is a, a major contributor to dietary cholesterol for the average Aussie, which is something that we're heavily aware of, which, you know, it's been linked heavily to heart disease, diabetes, high blood pressure and the like. So the more we can reduce our dietary cholesterol, the better. And then you have margarine, which is, you know, it's made on plant oils, but it's run through a chemical reaction process called hydrogenation, which turns the liquid oils into solids. 
and it's not natural. It, and it also can create trans fats during the manufacturing process, which is, I guess, one of the worst fats. We we're fortunately aren't exposed to a lot of it, but it's one of those things where if, if you're eating more of the uh, margarine alternate, margarine uh, options, you're, you're exposing yourself to the risk of getting more trans fats in your diet, which is just a big, big no-no. I'd like to hear more about this new section in the marketplace. I didn't know that there was a fats and oils section. Yeah, so that, that, that's easy in terms of, I guess, the way it's presented in, 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 the, in the marketplace. When you go to the, the supermarket, you have your milks, your yogurts, and I, the easiest way to sort of say butter and margarine is just fat and oil spread because what you're getting now is you're getting blends. Mm. You're getting dairy blends that are blending with margarine. So you... There's all of these things. So, or canola, or you've got things like lard, you know, that people uh, use. I think Kofa is the brand name from memory for that. So, that, that it's sort of, it's, it's, it's actually, interestingly, when you, when you sort of dig down into it, you don't realise how big of an industry it is. In Australia, we spend every year $1 billion on butter and margarine. $1 billion. And so, you sit there going, really? $1 billion? And so it's, it's actually quite a significant uh, industry. Uh, and it's, it's one where the, what I classify as the, we're not in the butter category, we're not in the margarine category. We sort of sit to the side as a, as a whole food alternative that is able to, to be you know, used just like the, old, the I guess, the old, older products. When you look back in supermarkets or stores some time ago, before there was so many different alternatives, um, it was butter and different brands of butter. But now you look at that section of the supermarket and there's a whole range of, particularly with the spreadable type market, and goodness knows what's added to make them spreadable, but there's there's a whole range of different things added to all sorts of butter. It's not just butter or margarine. It's it's a whole lot of different varieties of each single one. So, yeah, it, it doesn't surprise me that there's $1 billion worth of those products being um, being purchased in Australia because there would be most households would have some sort of variety of butter, margarine or, or a mixture of whatever it is. Where do you see Phyto Butter going from here? What's your vision to the next step? You, you've made the product. So where, where is it heading now? So for us, our, our vision for Phyto is to, to really create a brand that people recognise as a as a return to how food used to be. So before we got into this food technology space, it's, it's, it's back to the simple ingredients and uh, an ingredient list that you can pick up and go, oh, I actually know what those things are. I know what a carrot is. I know what, you know, potato starch is, all of these things. So we really see that as, a, as, a, as our vision for, for the future. And ultimately, we'd really love to see a better transparency in food labelling. Um, it's, you know, if you look at it, you know, a lot of the food products on the shelves, you'll notice there's a lot of E numbers is what we like to call them. So they're essentially uh, non-food additives that have been deemed appropriate by a body to include into our food. And then they're not there necessarily for the benefit of us consumers. So it's, it's, that's a big issue for us. So getting better transparency and label is one of the parts of the vision as well as incentives for the food manufacturers to stick to real food ingredients. Because I think it's something that, yeah, and I'll, I'll touch on this a little bit later, it's something that is just becoming, um, people are chasing the, the lowest common denominator. How can I get my product to be as cheap as possible? 
um, you know, and that also then fits into our mission, mission, sorry, which is to cut the compromise that exists in the food industry. I think um, it's, there's too many shortcuts being taken and the real reason is money. As it's, they're looking to improve the shelf life, get cheaper ingredients, and also add chemical additives that really suit the company and the retailer, but don't suit the consumer at all. So it's, we're trying to flip it around and say, hey, consumer, take your power back, you know, demand these sorts of foods so that then hopefully more businesses like FITO put their products on the marketplace to show what's possible with, with real whole food ingredients. So some of those additives that you're talking about, the E additives, is that what you call them? Yeah, yeah. E, e numbers. Yeah. E numbers. Yeah. Do you think they're, um, they're actually put into various products, including butter and spreadable margarines and what have you, to prolong the shelf life? In some cases, yes. So, so in the terms of, in, in the sense of preservatives, yes. uh, sometimes it can be a colour additive. So E numbers cover off everything from preservatives, uh, flavour enhancers, colour additives. They're, they're additives that, uh, I guess, they serve different purposes. And the good thing is, is that you can go look up what the E numbers actually are and what role they play um, and whether they are okay for the body. So for an example, when you use bicarbonate soda in a product, which people use quite often in baking, when you label that, it is actually classified as an E number um, by the by the labelling requirements for Australia. But it's actually deemed pretty benign to the body. There's no issues with using bicarbonate soda. On the other hand, there are other preservatives that are used, um, sulfates and the like, which aren't necessarily good for everyone, um, but are quite often used to preserve preserved products. So for example, um, if you were to dry an apricot, you know, you buy your dried apricots, they would normally go a nice kind of brown colour. But with the addition of, uh, I think it's E201 as the preservative, it actually preserves this beautiful bright orange uh, apricot, which makes it look nice on the shelf. But then again, it's not necessarily good for our body. And there are some studies that show that some of the E numbers aren't overall good for everyone you know they, they, some people might not get ill effects from it but it's overall not the best best thing to be putting in our body apricots is a really good example i like it when i take dried apricots to family functions because no one else eats them because i buy those <laughs> ones you're talking about that are brown yeah. <laughs> without the color preservation and I think all those additives, I mean, some people say, you know, their child might be allergic to butter or has a reaction, but it's it's probably often not the actual main ingredient being the dairy. Often, I mean, I know there are people with, with and lots of people that have dairy intolerances, but, you know, you just have to wonder, it's, it's often the ingredients, the other ingredients, those mysterious silent ingredients that are tucked away in there without people knowing that, that react so badly. Yeah, definitely, and I think I think it's really just I think transparency is where it comes back to is if if someone is going to use an e number, I think they need to justify it in many ways. It's like we're using this because we want our product to be able to sit on the shelf for six months without going off. And it's like cool, that's what you want to do. Great, I'd rather buy the product that's fresh and you know will go off in in a good way, as in it's not going to last forever. Um, I think that's where that that transparency needs to come in, so people are actually truly aware of what's going into their into their bellies. We have so much environmental pollution now, you know, if you consider any um, drugs or medications that you take plus the environmental pollutions of um, living in a city or 
you know, almost anywhere basically. And then, and then any additives and so on in our food, no one on the planet knows how all those things interact. Absolutely. And, and yeah, that's such a, such a good point. Well, we've gone deep and, and, um, we're all feeling a little guilty here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, and, and actually this is something that we like to highlight as well is that when it comes to, you know, in terms of the, the phyto business, this product isn't about creating guilt. It's about showing another way for people. So if someone is sitting there going, I feel like I need to change something is, isn't working for me, whether it's in the, in the, in the space of butter or, or food in general, we really want it to be an open conversation, guilt-free, you know, people are, you know, we've, we all, you know, I, <laughs> I grew up eating certain foods that, you know, may not have necessarily been good for me, but it's, it's something I think it's like, what's done is done. I think the opportunity is to go, how can I make better decisions from now on? And I think that's a big one. So don't, don't be guilty about what you've done. <laughs> you know, be, <laughs> be really excited for the future. So, yeah. Absolutely. Got everyone excited, all the listeners excited about um, Phyto Butter now. Where can people purchase it or can they purchase it already? I know you're on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland in Australia. So can people um, close by to that area of Queensland purchase it already or is is it not yet on the market in terms of readily available? Yeah, so, so as, as a startup business, we're, we're very much in growth mode. So we're at the moment, we're reaching out to retailers every week. And our current stockists are based in uh, the Sunshine Coast and Brisbane. But of course, we're adding all, new ones all of the time. So if you head to our website, which is www.phyto, that's P-H-Y-T-O dot kitchen, no dot com, just dot kitchen, our stockist list will be there. So whenever you hear this podcast, jump on there, you'll be able to find your closest stockist. And if we aren't stocking anywhere near you, send us a message because you know we're looking to, to really grow this the plant butter footprint and then it helps us make more plant butter by people buying it. So the more people buying it, the more we can move through, the more retailers we can get on board. So that's where you'll find us, Sunshine Coast and Brisbane. And fingers crossed, I know a few of your listeners are in the Toowoomba area. Uh, we'll be having some uh, stockers up in Toowoomba very soon too. Of course you will because we'll be helping you. <laughs> <laughs> And for our regular listeners uh, on our Stored Naturally show notes on our Stored Naturally website, the show notes for this podcast will also include all the links to the Fido Kitchen website and uh, that will make it easier. People can also approach their stores. If they shop at a local you know, fruit and veggies shop or somewhere that, that would stock some cold goods as well, not only let you know of, of where is potential, but also ask the store owners to say, hey, can you stock Fido Butter? Here's the information. It's really great. Why, not, why don't you stock it? Because there's a lot of those niche little businesses that would like to stock it, I'm sure, but also the, then they're ahead of the rest. It's, it's, to me, it's one of those products that you, you need to, to make sure that people, people ask for it in their, their lo- wherever they shop locally. Definitely, yeah. I think, I think there's a huge opportunity in, in- uh, more local stores, so not just your, your majors, more local stores stocking it because it, it's really about getting, making it possible for everyone to be able to access products like this. Hence why it's a big, big part of our, our drive to get our ingredient costs down um, so it can be at an affordable price point. So people can sit in, the, in front of the fridge and go, what options for me? And they can choose the healthier one without having to necessarily pay a whole lot more. So we'd love to be getting it out to the, the independents and, you know, local, local stores 
stores it just it's just a great fit for our brand because you know we we we've been there you know we are there we're we're, we're a small business and, and and i guess wanting to grow into a bigger one with the help of the other small businesses in our world and I think, um, you know, in the future, people will be sitting around the table and they'll say, pass me the phyto. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool. And I, I, I would be, uh, to be honest, that would be an absolute dream to hear someone say that. And um, a, bit, a, a little catchphrase we'd like to use is uh, spreading the love, you know, so we want people to spread the love of phyto. So, in a sense, they're spreading it on their toast. They're spreading the love of what phyto is all about. Now, I can hear some listeners saying, what? Is phyto? Why did you call it phyto? Would you like to explain why it's called phyto butter? Yes. So um, this was actually we spent several weeks mulling over a, a name for for the business. We listening, throwing around all of these things. Do we make up a name because that seems to be the cool thing to do? Is make up a word that doesn't exist? But we sort of it came back to is what are the ingredients in our product? And it came back to plants. And it's like well, we plants is a bit too you know, common, you know, people, you can't call a product plant. Uh, it's a bit hard to Google. So we went back to the roots of language and phyto actually is Latin for plants. So as you, you will have heard the word phytoplankton, so they're plankton that eat um, uh, the plant matter in the ocean. So phyto being plants, that's where it all came from. Well, I think that will make it a lot easier for people to remember about it as well. So, yeah, no, great, great explanation. So it's a really cool name, I think, yeah, particularly once you know the reasoning behind it as well. It's not just, as you say, a made-up jargony-type name or catchy name. It's, um, yeah, it's really good because it says exactly what it is. Yes, and if you're really geeky and you look at our logo, the P in Phyto is actually the P used in the... uh, the Greek or no, I think it's the Latin for P. It's actually the the phi uh, symbol. So phi is in the shape of PHI, which is in the shape of a P, but it's got a very distinct um, loop around. So if you look at our logo, you'll see that. So it's a nice, nice little geeky add in there for people who like to just sort of keep an eye out for those sorts of things. Well, I think that's all that we've got time for, Matt. And um, yeah, look, thank you so much for for talking to us today. And we wish you and Ashley all the best. And we can't wait to see it in every store that we walk into where butter is as well. Thank you, ladies, and really appreciate your time and and look forward to, to hearing feedback from your wonderful audience and also hopefully talking to you again in the future. Excellent. Thanks very much, Matt. All the best. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this conversation and know people who'd be interested in knowing more about this topic, then show them you care and send them the link to this podcast. To keep up with our Gutsy Matters conversations, subscribe and share with your friends. For extras, follow Stored Naturally on Facebook and Instagram. Gutsy Matters podcast is brought to you by Stored Naturally. We are the creators of the all-natural hemp fresh produce enhancer, for longer lasting and healthier fresh food kept in the fridge. Available at storednaturally.com.